Okay, altars. Altars. Altars are such an important thing in the Bible. And we see in the Old Testament alone, I believe the word altar is mentioned over 300 times. And I want to start today, we're going to talk about several different types of altars. But the first one I want to talk about today is the altar of covenant. The altar of covenant. And we see the altar of covenant in Genesis chapter 12. And it says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors or curses you. I will curse and in you all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years when he departed from Haran. And Abraham took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possession that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the yoke of Marah. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So what did Abraham do? So Abraham built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. We talk about altars, we have to understand what it meant in this day and age. And sometimes when we hear altars, we think of this space up here, which of course is sort of a modern day altar. But back then, altars were these structures that were made of cut up pieces of wood and stone. And it, it took time and it took effort to, to make these altars. And uh, there would be a sacrifice that would be placed on the altar and it was a way of, of showing God that you trusted him. Amen. And it was a way of thanking God. It was a way of memorializing right. what had happened in your life. You would build altars at certain places to signify certain events where God had dealt with you. Where God had done some things. And, and here in this moment, Abraham, he built this altar to honor God and to show God's authority and dominion in his life. He was saying, God, I trust you with your word. I trust you with your promises. I trust you with what you have said. And by definition, altars come with a price. Altars are costly. The materials, along with the time and energy that it would take to build it, sometimes it would take several days, weeks, and then you would place the sacrifice upon that altar. And as a way of saying, Lord, I present myself to you. When we come to the altar, we're saying, God, have me, have my future, have my hopes, have my dreams. When we come to the altar, and I, I want to say this, we don't come to the altar lightly. We don't promise things God lightly. We don't come to the altar just because we're upset that our girlfriend left us. We don't come to the altar just because we had a bad day at work. We come to the altar to do serious business with God. And there are many different aspects of what takes place at the altar. But today I want to focus on covenant. When we come to the altar, we make a covenant with God. And a covenant is a binding agreement between two parties that's based on relationship. 
Two people come together and they say, I'll do this, you do that, and we will meet in the middle. And this covenant will be based on relationship. And I want to say this, it's not a contract. A contract is based on law. A covenant is based on relationship. A covenant is based on somebody that we know and that we love. And it's not simply, if you don't do this, I get an out. When we come to the marriage altar, we're making a covenant that says, I will love you in sickness and in health. I'll love you when you're nice and when you're a jerk. I'll love you for rich or for poor. Come on, how many knows that our covenants are serious business? Amen. And it was rooted in this. Covenant was rooted in this. Right. It was rooted when kings of that time would conquer an opposing people. They would make a covenant with them. And it was basically this. Is we will let you live. We will not cut off your head. If you abide by X, Y, and Z. And as long as you did that, you could say yes or no, but you could not change it. You could not say, wait, 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 I want to go see my lawyer and we want to renegotiate this. Once you made a covenant, it could not be renegotiated. And our covenant today is not based on us doing X, Y, and Z, but it's based upon the faithfulness of God. And we cannot renegotiate with God. He sets the terms today of the covenant. We, we, we can't come to him and say, God, I'll serve you if you do X, Y, and Z. And, and how many knows that we can't base our covenant on I have to do X, Y, and Z because I want to just give you a spoiler alert. You will break the terms of the covenant. You will not be able to do, abide by the covenant God is the one and his faithfulness is what makes the covenant work. And if you're happy for that today, that even when you failed, even when you made the wrong decision, God kept his end of the covenant. He was faithful and just to forgive. Somebody praise God today that he is a covenant keeper. And so our covenant with God is much more gracious, gracious than, and, and so can somebody thank God for this? That God doesn't say, I'll kill you unless you do X, Y, and Z. Because right. ain't nobody would be here today. Right. I think that was a double negative, but that's, you get it. Instead, his covenant is mutually beneficial. And here's what we have to understand. God does not owe us covenant. Instead, he comes to people like Abraham who are really flawed. And he says, I want to make a covenant with you. I want to give you a future, Abraham, that's so much bigger than what you could even think or dream of. I want to do something in you. And God gives Abraham land. He promises him descendants. He gives him eternal blessing. And in return, Abraham is to simply leave everything and follow him. I've often thought about Abraham. He's called to leave everything and to follow a God that he just met. And he's on the way of leaving out of town and the, the head of the local Rotary Club meets him on the edge of town and says, hey, where, where are you going? And Abraham says, I don't know. I'm just following a voice. I'm following a hunch that God is with me. And here is a God today that says, I want you to be intentional with me. I want you to make covenant with me. Why don't you raise up an altar in your life that says, God, I trust you and I believe you and I will follow you where you leave me. And I want to tell us today, our life is not a casual thing as we learned this week. You see, 
The man we talked about today, he built altars. I see altars everywhere. I see altars behind me at a baptismal tank. There's instructions written on a wall. That's sacred space for me. That's an altar. See, Rex Chapman did many things that nobody knew. He made sure that this baptistry tank was ready every Sunday just in case somebody felt the call to baptism. If you've been baptized in this church, you've been touched by Rex Chapman. There was a golf cart. That was, that was all him. Make sure people get to the front door safe. That, that, that is a memorial to me. That's sort of an altar to me. When I see that little golf cart. And we make these altars when we're intentional with God because life is serious. Life is a serious thing. There's a time to joke. There's a time to have fun. And if you guys know me, I love to do that. But there's also a time where you've got to make an altar and do business with God and get serious with God and say, God, I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my future. I trust you. And I'm putting everything on the altar. I'm putting my future, my hopes, my dreams, what I want, God, I'm putting it on this altar and I'm burning it and giving it back to you. And so I want to encourage you today, build your life around covenants. Build your life around covenants with God and with other people, with relationships today. And, And marriage, make your marriage a covenant, not a contract. Make your friendships a covenant, not a contract. Contracts say, you do me wrong, this is over, I'm walking out. Covenants say, I'm going to be gracious, I'm going to be loving, I'm going to be kind because nobody's perfect. And so today I want to talk about what covenants look like, what the covenant, the altar of the covenant looks like. And I want to say this, covenants win because covenants are eternal. Covenants are not temporal. Covenants don't come and go with our mood. Covenants don't go with just recent happenings. Covenants win because they are eternal. God will uphold his end of the covenant. He will, when you are not faithful, uphold his end of the covenant. When life comes at you, God upholds his end of the covenant. When life comes to an end, God withholds, upholds his end of the covenant. So the first thing I want to tell us today is this. The altar of covenant is where we establish identity. Each and every one of us need to come to the altar of covenant. Each and every one of our kids, and we've got kids evangelists right now next door, and I'm believing today that there's going to be some six, seven, eight-year-olds that come to the altar of covenant and say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life today. The altar of covenant is where we establish identity. It is here where God whispers to us our future. And we say, God, if I can live a life like that, I'm giving it all. For me, I think of a place in Indianapolis, Indiana, where I heard a little missionary woman talk about how God had used her to raise the dead, a woman named Nona Freeman. And after that time in my Bible college career, I can't say I was extremely serious. I was kind of there just to have fun. But that night, somebody, God spoke through a woman. And I went to the altar and I said, God, if you let me live a life half like that, I'll do anything you want me to do. And there I made the altar of covenant. 
And Abraham is doing this with God in Genesis chapter 12. He's called out of something. He's called out of his city. He's called out of his country because God had something greater for him. And God is saying, Abraham, you've got to leave your family. You've got to leave this place. You've got to get out of here because what I have for you is so much greater than what you have for yourself here. And today God is speaking to somebody here today saying, you've got to get out from the place where you are. You've got to leave those friends. You've got to leave those mentalities. You've got to leave those family traditions. And you've got to step out on a journey with me. And you've got to come to the altar of covenant because I have something great for you. Does God, does anybody believe that God has something great for you? God has something great for my family. God has something great for me personally. And so Abraham, he leaves his family. And when he gets to Canaan, one of the first things he does is make an altar of covenant. One of the signs of the covenant for Abraham and his descendants were all the males were to be circumcised. And we see in Colossians, in our new covenant, the sign of the covenant is baptism. That's why baptism is so important. Because it gives us a concrete place. It's kind of an altar where we submit ourselves to God. And we say, God, I am submitting to this very public ceremony to let everybody know I'm laying my life down to be buried with you in baptism at the altar of covenant. You see, I can take you places around this building, and I talk, talked a few minutes ago about places that are sacred to me, and there's altars all across this building. I could take you next door to the very spot where at the altar of covenant, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I could take you to the old building where the baptistry used to be, where I was buried with Christ in baptism. I can take you to spots in this altar where in difficult times I came to this altar at the altar of covenant and I laid sin down. I laid lukewarmness down. I laid different things that I was wrestling and struggling with down and God met me there. God met me at the altar of covenant and it gave me an identity. When I want to quit, I go back to the altar of covenant where I said, no, no, no. I've submitted myself to God. When I'm tempted and I want to compromise my values and myself, I go back to the altar of covenant where I was buried with Christ in baptism. When I want to throw in a towel, I go back to the altar of covenant where God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I'm reminded that God isn't done with me yet. And the good work that he started in me, he will complete. Come on, somebody praise God for altars that keep us in our identity. When you fail, you go back to the altar of covenant and say, no, Satan, God's not done with me. I may have failed, but he upholds his covenant. Why? Because I was buried with him in baptism. I am no longer my own. I am bought with a price. Therefore, I will glorify God in my body. I will lay down what I want at the altar of covenant. And when I want to go back to what this flesh and what this world has, I have to remind myself of some things that happened in this altar that I laid down. And I want to tell you today, people who have never been to the altar of covenant don't know who they are. But when you've been to the altar of covenant, it will keep you. 
It will keep you focused. It will keep you from straying. The second thing, the altar of covenant is costly. I want to tell all of our first-time guests today, all of our new members, thank you. We're glad. Matter of fact, can we give all of our first-time guests a hand? All of our new, new, new people, welcome home. But I want to tell you, this will cost you everything. If you go all in, this will cost you everything. This isn't for the casual. This isn't for Sunday Christianity. If you come to the altar of covenant, you're going to have to give up some friendships. If you come to the altar of covenant, you're going to have to give up some dreams. It's going to cost you, Abraham. Abraham, those plans that you had in Ur, you're going to have to give them up. There's some battles, Abraham, you're going to have to go through. There's some things that you're going to go through that nobody understands. And that's because the destiny, Abraham, I have for you is so much greater than what you could ever think or imagine. For Abraham, the altar of covenant meant leaving everything he had to follow a God he just meant to go to a place he had never been before. And the altar that he builds in Genesis 12, it was built in a pagan land. The Canaanites were the ancient Satanists of their time. They were very wicked. And he builds this altar in front of that culture and in that land to let everybody know the God I serve is different. And I am different. And it was a memorial to God that I believe your promises and I'm all in. And if we follow Jesus, if you start out on this discipleship journey, you're going to have to come to the altar of covenant and you're going to have to lay yourself down and say, I'm all in this completely. You see, we, we have to take the altar seriously. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone, everybody say anyone, would come after me, let him deny himself Take up his cross, or in our modern day example, take up your electric chair and follow me. Lay yourself down at the altar of covenant and follow me. And at the other side of the altar of covenant is this, is victory. On the other side of the altar of covenant is peace that passes understanding. At the other side of the altar of covenant is knowing that you have a God that has your back. When life goes crazy, when you're not even faithful, he's still there. And we have to realize today is this, is that the altar of covenant is costly for you, but it was more costly for Jesus. You see, we have a God today that makes covenant with us that's based on his body and his blood. It cost him everything. It cost him the cross. It cost him every human comfort here in this life. But we have a God that loves us and cares for us so much and wants to make covenant with us that he came personally to give his life for us. So anytime you think about the cost of following Jesus, just remember it cost him more. In a modern day America, most of the time, Jesus isn't asking us to die for him. He's asking us to live for him. 
And so we come to the altar of covenant, not looking at what it cost us, but what it cost him. Before he made you, he knew he would have to come and die in your place. That's the God that we serve today. And I think if we could put Abraham on this stage and if we could put him in the This Is My Story series and we could ask him all kinds of questions and then the last question that we would ask Abraham is this, so was it worth it? I think Abraham would say it was so worth it. It was worth every day. It was worth every uh, uh, moment of, of excruciating disappointment and, and all of the things I had to go through to wait on Isaac and all the things I had to go through to, to get into the promised land and all the mistakes I made, it was worth it. Why? Because we're still talking about him today. The promise of Jesus comes through Abraham and it comes through Abraham because he stepped up to the altar of covenant and Abraham knew that God had a place for him. And I want to tell you today, God has a place for you. God has a future for you. There is a longing in your heart today. We call it a God-shaped hole where money won't fix it. People won't fix it. Vacations won't fix it. All the stuff of earth won't fix it. But I want to tell you today what will fix it. And that is the altar of covenant. Where you meet Jesus. And you lay down. Your problem is this. It's you. And if you could ever just lay yourself down at the altar. And say, God, I'm yours. That's where joy comes from. You see, talked earlier about dream to destiny, and I want to say this. We lost a pillar of this church this week. And the pillar was not a steel beam. It was a person. And people are more important than buildings. This church is not a building. It's the people... But you know what? There's joy in this house. Why? Because death is not the end. Why? Because our, our brother went to the altar of covenant and we know that God is faithful and death will not have the life. I wish somebody would stand on your feet today in the joy of the Lord and say the altar of covenant is costly, but it's worth it. Why? Because it's eternal. How many's got your mind made up? I'm not giving up. I'm not turning back. I'm not going to keep, stop praying. I'm not going to stop giving. I'm not going to stop sacrificing because the altar of covenant is worth it. Number three, the altar of covenant must be revisited. The altar of covenant must be revisited. You see, there's a lot that happens in Genesis chapter 12, and I've talked about it a little bit in the Simplify series in that Abraham can be a real knucklehead. After he makes this covenant with God, there's a famine in the land. Has things ever run dry for people sometime in their life? Have you said, God, I'll do anything for you, and then the bank account gets a little low and you go back on your word? If you've been to the altar of covenant and say, God, I'll, I'll do this, I'll do that. And one text message makes you rethink all of it. There's a famine in the land, and so he goes to Egypt, which I believe it was never the will of God for him to go to Egypt. 
And there he makes some horrendous decisions. He tells Pharaoh that Sarah is his sister. He shows a serious lack of faith. He makes this huge mess. Now, how many is thankful that even though we might come to the altar of covenant on Sunday morning and by Monday afternoon we've made a mess, God doesn't shred the covenant. God doesn't tear it up. God remains faithful. And we see that in Genesis 13, it says, Now Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold, and he journeyed from the Negev as far as Bethel. I want you to see this. To the place where his tent had been at what? The beginning. Between Bethel and Ai. What happened there? It was the place where he had made the altar at first. And there Abraham called upon the name of the Lord. You see, Abraham came to his senses and he says, I need to go back to the altar. I need to go back where I first made some promises to God. I've made a mess of this and God meets him there. God will meet you where you're at today. Have you made a mess of your life? Come back to the altar of covenant. Have you made some bad decisions? Come back to the altar of covenant. You may have left, but God's still there. You may have left the church, but God's presence is still here. You may have made some serious, uh, bad, bad, seriously bad decisions, and you may have questioned whether God is faithful, but I want to tell you that God is faithful. He's still here. Come back to the altar. And I want you to see that last verse. We could have that put up. When he comes back to the altar, there Abraham called upon the name of the Lord. We never see him calling upon the name of the Lord until this place. And when we talk about calling on the name of the Lord, it was more than just saying a name. It was calling on someone's character. It was calling on someone's identity. You see, between his first visit to the altar and his second visit to the altar, Abraham had learned some things about God. He had learned that God is faithful when I'm not. God is with me, even though I make bad decisions. And God will always be there. And I want to tell you today that maybe you've made a mess, but you know what you've learned? You've learned the faithfulness of God. Has anyone had to learn the faithfulness of God? He will still be there. That you can call upon the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it. And they are saved. I want to challenge somebody today. Call on the name of Jesus. Have you made a, a mistake? Call on the name of Jesus. Do you need help? Is it an emergency? You call on the name of Jesus. Why? Because we're in covenant with a powerful, all-faithful God. And so some of us today... We need to return to the altar of covenant. We've taken some trips that we weren't called to take. We've taken some, some ambitions and some goals and some dreams that God never called us to. And when we get to that place where we say, okay, I'm done, we simply come back to the altar and he'll meet us there because he's always faithful. And some of you have launched out on some self interest projects and God today is saying okay now you know me differently than when you first came to this place because now you know number one I know what I'm talking about and number two you know that I'm faithful and it's not over Abraham 
Abraham, I haven't given up on giving you descendants. I haven't given up on giving you land. I haven't given up on doing all the things that I promised in you. Just come back to the altar. And whatever you've done today to violate trust with God, maybe you've, you've broken some covenants with other people, come back to the altar of covenant. Some of us need to come back to the altar of covenant in our marriage. And we need to say, I haven't been the husband, I haven't been the wife that I've needed to be, but I'm coming back to the altar of covenant and I wanna start fresh. I want a fresh start in our marriage. I want a fresh start in my relationship with God. Why? Because we serve a God of second chances. Somebody praise him for second chances today. The music will come. And so we come to the altar of covenant, not just for us, but because God has something so much greater for us. Some of us need to say, Lord, I've settled for a second-rate life. God, I've settled for an easy life. That's based on what I want. But Lord, I'm coming back to the altar of covenant where you first called me. I'm going back to the Eva hunt where you first filled me with the Holy Ghost. I'm going back to where you, I was baptized. I'm going back to where I first repented because God, I need you. And I love what Matthew 26 shows us. It says, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. Why, for this is my blood of the what? The covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. His body was broken for us, why, for covenant. His blood was given to us, why? For covenant. And my covenant today is not based on, uh, my covenant with God is not based on what I can do. He never called me based on what I could do. He knows that I'm powerless without him. It is based on the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, precious is the blood that washes white as snow. And when I failed, the blood doesn't lose its power. The blood of the covenant is still strong. When I make bad decisions, oh, the blood of Jesus. Is anybody thankful for the blood today? Is anybody thankful that on your worst day, the blood has not lost its power? Oh, the wonder working power of the blood of the lamb. If we could just stay standing right now. And so here's what the Lord says to us today. He says, Brother Robert, I've got stuff for you. I've got descendants. I've got blessing. Brother Kent, I've got blessing. Troy, I've got blessing for you. I've got eternal favor. I've got things for you you can't even think about. Eye has not seen nor ear has heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But he says, here's the deal. Here's all you have to do. You just have to say yes. Or you can say no, but you can't change it. You're either in or you're either, you're either out. 
but here's what my covenant's going to be based on. It's going to be based on what I did. And all you have to do is believe and follow. So I want to invite us all today to the altar of covenant. Some of us need to come back. Some of us need to reaffirm our commitment. Some of us need to come for the first time. Some of us, maybe we've been coming to the altar of covenant, but we need to take that next step and take the sign of the covenant and go in the waters of baptism in Jesus' name and let everybody know I'm in business with God. I'm in covenant with God. Somebody needs to come to this altar today and, and take on the promise of the covenant and be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost because as Peter said, this gift is for you and for all that is afar off. Is anybody thankful today for the new covenant we have in Jesus Christ that's based on his blood and based on his mercy? Come on, can we flood this altar today? If you need God, come to this altar. If you need deliverance, come to this altar. If you need strength, come to this altar. If you need forgiveness, come to this altar. If you need to let God know, I still love you. I still want everything you called me to. I'm coming back to the altar today. Come on, can we lift up our hands all over?